0: Marketing success comes from identifying the right opportunities. And sponsoring the UpNext in Commerce podcast might just be the best opportunity you'll hear about today. With tens of thousands of listeners, expert creative, production, and strategic promotion teams at the helm, not to mention millions of impressions at the ready, this is a growth opportunity you should not ignore. Email me at stephanie@mission.org at to see how your business can benefit from partnering with the UpNext in Commerce team.
1: We're living in a very independent-minded world, in music especially right now, and that's very different than what it used to be. A lot of people can build a website and put up a product image that they made in Photoshop, but when it comes to you know fulfilling stuff and getting stuff out to customers on time, those are the areas where they definitely kind of lean on us.
2: music industry, having talent is often not enough to succeed. You need to find a way to stand out and be unique. That's true when it comes to marketing and e-commerce in the music industry as well. Eamon Mulligan is the VP of product in e-commerce at Empire, and it's his job to help lead a team toward e-commerce success. The way he does that is through creativity and partnerships that have proven to drive traffic in big ways. What kind of unique ideas have they tried? How do they manage to achieve high ROI on SMS marketing? And what do memes have to do with all of this? Find out on this episode of Up Next in Commerce. Enjoy.
0: Up Next in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. Respond quickly to changing customer needs with flexible e-commerce connected to marketing, sales and service. Deliver intelligent commerce experiences your customers can trust across every channel. Together, we're ready for what's next in commerce learn more at salesforce.com slash commerce welcome everyone to up next in commerce this is stephanie postels your host and today on the show we have amon mulligan the vp of product and e-commerce at empire amon welcome
1: thank you for having me
0: how's it going
1: good good just uh Hanging out at my home office and uh, plugging away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is good. So, I've never had anyone on the show in this industry before, in the music industry. So, I'm really excited to hear all about it. But first, I want to start with you and your background. And I saw you have a long history in the music industry. So, I wanted to hear how you got involved in that.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, uh, not to go back too far, but, you know, as a kid, I always loved music and, you know, wanted to be in it somehow. And, you know, I grew up originally in Napa, California, which is not necessarily a hotbed of the music industry.
0: Yep, Unless you have too much wine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, So I spent a lot of time, you know, traveling down to the Bay Area and, you know, watching kind of like local groups uh, perform and, you know, eventually kind of really attached and kind of followed um, a local group called Living Legends and, you know, kind of befriended them and their, um, at the time webmaster, this is probably 1999, 2000 ish. Mm. And, you know, I didn't really know anything, what I was doing at the time, you know, I was talking to the webmaster and, you know, asking like, you know, I read all these magazines and, you know, I see them mentioned in there, but there's never been like a full on article, you know, like, how does that happen? You know? And then he kind of went on to say, you know, that requires a publicist and bios and press kits. and So then I started interviewing the guys and kind of like putting the other bios and and kind of like press kits, which I I wish I still had today because I'm sure I would laugh at them. (laughs) And eventually uh, the Living Legends in 2005 asked me to go on tour with them to kind of like assist the tour manager. Uh, Previous to that, I'd been helping them with kind of like online stuff. You know, I, I had... Started like their MySpace page, their YouTube channel was like helping with like an email newsletter. So that was kind of like where I cut my teeth a lot in kind of like the digital space. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they had me go on tour. I was like the assistant to the tour manager who was also doing uh, merchandise. So I was helping kind of, you know, like set up the merch booth and she was teaching me how to sell stuff and keep track of everything and all that kind of stuff. And then um, with two shows left, she had left the tour. The the tour was ending right before Thanksgiving. And um, she left early and they were kind of like, okay, you're the tour manager now. And I was like, what?
0: (laughs) Push you right in.
1: Yeah. And they were kind of like, it's not that hard. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science. And they kind of just like forced me into it. I had never gone to college and so I eventually went back to school and then so when I finally graduated from school, I you know, initially was thinking, you know, the music industry was fine, maybe, maybe I should try my hand at something else. Um, and so, you know, I started taking interviews at a couple ad agencies, um, advertising was interesting to me, it was, um, you know, I'd taken a couple of the classes while I was in school. Nothing really panned out. But at the same time, there was all these kind of like music opportunities that kept um, presenting themselves to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of looked at that as like, OK, I think the universe is trying to tell me something here. Yep. And so we had put a release out with Empire in 2011 um, and Ghazi, uh, the CEO, founder, and I kind of just, you know, like built a rapport. He's a Bay Area guy, um, grew up, born and raised in the Bay. So, you know, we kind of just like always kept in touch. And when I got out, you know, I shot him an email and said like, hey, I'm you know, looking for something to kind of like supplement my my income. I'm still managing. um, But, you know, do you have anything going on? So, you know, we went back and forth for a little bit and then he eventually brought me on to help with the physical um, distribution side of things and merchandise, which has kind of been a long tail in building. So, yeah.
0: Tell me a little bit about what Empire is at a high level, and then what your role looks like there.
1: Yeah, so um, Empire is a is really like an all encompassing company. So it originally started as a digital distribution company. Gazi, the founder, completely bootstrapped it. Um, has never taken a dime of investment. You know, refuses to sell anything, and you know, has retained 100% kind of autonomy. Mm-hmm. And you know, eventually. The company grew into adding kind of like label services with uh, a lot of the distribution that we did. And one of the things that set Empire apart originally was for the distribution deals, he was doing uh, non-exclusive distribution deals. And that was unheard of at the time. Like, you know, people would often, you know, catch wind that he was giving out non-exclusive distribution deals and be like, you know, are you crazy? What do you
0: Jump at that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, you know, his thought process was, you know, like I'm not in the business of holding people hostage, you know, and if anything, it holds us accountable because then we have to earn the business Mm -hmm. um, and it keeps us honest. And so that's kind of been one of the guiding principles of the company to this day. And so it eventually, you know, we started adding more services and more departments and it's kind of grown into a full fledged uh, record label at this point. we also have a publishing arm. So right now, you know, we have uh, distribution, uh record label, publishing, and uh merchandise.
0: That's awesome. Any artists that I would know?
1: Uh yeah, we uh work uh with uh Snoop Dogg. We just released uh Adam Lambert album uh earlier this year. We were instrumental in uh Tentacion's um career. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, past passed. Um, Anderson Pop, we were a part of early. A lot of uh, we've helped grow a lot of like early artists, and uh, you know we're still kind of doing that, and also working with a lot of uh, legendary artists as well.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I do know a lot of those names, so that's yeah. yeah, very impressive. So tell me a little bit about your role at the company as the VP of Product and E-commerce. When it comes to thinking of you know record labels. I don't always think e-commerce. And of course, when I started looking into you guys, I'm like, oh yeah, obviously they are. But tell me what your day-to-day looks like there.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, I kind of manage um, our physical distribution and um, our merchandise team. So on the physical side, that looks like you know setting up and gathering assets for a physical release and uh, setting it up with um, our physical distribution partners. And, um, you know, getting the product made, so CD, vinyl, cassette, and then, you know, making sure that it is getting into all the right stores, um, you know, we'll also do a lot of uh, exclusive things with Urban Outfitters and Vinyl We Please um, and other kind of retailers, Turntable Lab, etc. Mm-hmm. And then on the merch side, that looks like managing, you know, we have a team of people that you know, our account management and, you know, kind of like web admin and marketing um, and production. So, you know, we're talking with the artists that we, uh, that are signed to our label that we have uh, merchandise rights with and, you know, like building out merchandise items and coming up with like creative ideas. You know, sometimes it comes all from us. Sometimes it's a collaborative effort. Sometimes the artist has things ready to go. Um, and then we're just kind of like helping Manufacture and market, but that's you know, it ranges from building out the creative, uh, building out web stores, building out marketing assets, um, as, as well as kind of like backend automation, uh, marketing as well, and then ultimately reporting and, and paying out the artists.
0: Very cool. So when it comes to thinking about uh, like being a label, I would think like some artists might be like, Oh, I'll just you know start up my own e-commerce platform and sell my own you know merchandise. What Makes them want to work with you guys and have you do that for them.
1: Sure, you know we're living in a very independent-minded kind of world in, in music, especially right now, and that's very different than what it used to be. So, you know, we also have that kind of a spirit, but a big part of it is you know the the production and the fulfillment process. Um, you know, a lot of people can build a website and you know put up a product image that they, you know, made in photoshop but yeah. when it comes to, you know, fulfilling stuff and you know getting stuff out to customers on time and then you know getting things made and knowing how to kind of like prep your files and all that sort of uh, fun stuff those are the areas where they definitely kind of lean on us
0: Got it. And do they like how does the creativity process when it comes to, you know, creating merchandise and making sure that you're creating good merchandise because I'm sure you know, artists have a lot of ideas around, like, here's like the thousand things that you can do, but I'm guessing that you guys have a lot of insights into like, you know, we've been doing this for a lot of other artists and we know what sells and doesn't sell. And uh, like, how do you guide them in that creative process?
1: Delicately. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, you have to with creatives. Gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, a lot of artists, I feel, well, I'll say this, that I think a lot of artists are, are very savvy. And, you know, they are watching what's going on, seeing what their peers are doing, and also uh, other artists that they look up to. And they have a lot of great ideas. Um, And then some of those ideas may be a little ahead of where they are in their career. Mm -hmm. For instance, like a lot of artists might want to do like a cut and sew piece, which means um, cut and sew. is like, you know, you're going, you're actually fabricating a garment from scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not like buying a blank garment and then just silk screening something on it, which is possible, but there's high minimums for it to make sense financially. So, you know, sometimes an artist will come to us and say like, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, we'll come back and say, okay, we can do it, but we have to make like 300 of them. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we can't just make 50. (laughs) Um, and I I wish we could, you know, I mean, there are places that can do it, but it's like the unit cost is going to be really high. So like, you know, unless you feel like you have a diehard fan base that will pay a premium price on something, it's, it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times kind of explaining the mechanics of things, um, helps artists understand it. And, you know, one of the kind of principles of the company too is like transparency and being and, and, and education you know, like we want to educate the artists. We don't want to like hoard the knowledge. Yep. So, you know, like we want to like, let them know like, hey, this is a really cool idea, but it's going to cost this much and we would have to sell it for even more for it to make sense financially. And then a lot of times when you have that conversation, you know, they'll kind of say, oh, okay, I get it now. Let's try to figure something else out. So yeah, that that's kind of like, I think education is probably the biggest tool.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And how do you guys go about selling like the actual merchandise? Is it all under Empire's website or are you putting it in other outlets as well?
1: So yeah, we have a couple different ways, but we have a general Empire store. And so anything that we feel like might just be kind of like a one-off project or might be something that is not going to require a full-on store themselves will build out on the empire store. Um, and then things that are larger, they're going to be like a longer kind of relationship. We'll build out, um, their own store for them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our, those are two, our two primary, um, kind of sales channels. And then we also, you know, have a, a partnership with, um, another company called merch bar where, you know, they, Aggregate the the products from our backend to artists uh, Spotify and YouTube channels. So when a consumer goes to listen to Spotify and they're on the page and they're scrolling through their profile, they'll see a couple merch offerings yeah. um, on the profile. And then similarly on YouTube, if you you may have seen it if you're watching a video, just below the video there's a merchandise shelf, mm-hmm. and so there there'll be products there. So those are those are kind of our bigger things, and then. We have dabbled a little bit in kind of like the live event stuff, but um, obviously, right now, that's not taking place.
0: So, when it comes to the Empire brand, like as a fan, maybe I'm not always aware of the label that's behind the artist. Mm-hmm. So, how do you guys think about getting, you know, the fans' attention from a label perspective, if at all?
1: That's a good question. I mean, early in the company's history, we were all about not forcing that. Mm-hmm and you know kind of like playing the background as we've grown and we've become more of a label and less of a distributor
3: mm-hmm.
1: we've definitely you know like made that play a little bit more so you know it's like little things from you know when we're making a cd or a vinyl you know including our logo on it you know any billboards or kind of advertising you know we'll have our logo on it and you know like sending our artists you know, like Empire sweatsuits, so that they wear them and, you know, like they'll take pictures in them. Yep. Like we've had, there's pictures of Diddy in our sweatsuits. That's great. Cool. Yeah.
0: I need a sweatsuit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Send me your address. I'll get one to you. And then, um, you know, we also do a lot of events um, around kind of larger industry events. So, like around the Grammys, around BET weekend, um, you know, we throw parties yep. that are widely attended and, hard to get into. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like that definitely helps kind of spread the name. I would say that, you know, a lot of probably right now, more of the industry knows about us than the actual consumer. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's kind of like shifting the more we kind of grow and, and like have higher caliber artists. And then, you know, like a lot of consumers that are knowledgeable or super fans or starting, you know, going to like Spotify and seeing like, you know, looking at the label line and realizing like, oh, this is, a, this is another Empire artist. So, you know, I'll talk to a lot of people where they'll say like, I, I didn't know you guys had, you know, this artist and that artist and this artist. You know, I, I saw on Spotify that you guys were the label name. So I think that also helps too. You know, like I know as a kid, I, as an avid music listener, I would read all the liner notes, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately don't exist as much anymore in the digital space, but they're working on correcting that. A lot of the uh, DSPs, the Spotifys and the Apples of the world are starting to include a lot of that metadata now. But I think having that information uh, available and then like the fans that are in the know will kind of find
0: it. What is your most successful marketing channels or advertising channels for your artists? Because I heard a little bit about, you know, Empire, you guys do events and billboards and things like that. But is it a completely different strategy for marketing your artists?
1: General marketing is like, yeah, it's it's a whole suite of things from that all kind of like connect and play with each other. So it's, you know, like putting out content, right? Isn't like kind of the first part, whether that's uh, audio or a music video. And then, you know, making sure that that audio and music Video get seen um, through you know like ads you know like serving ads to fans, letting them know that the album is out, letting them know that a new video is out, and then you know direct email marketing, uh, retargeting. On the merchandise side, we use a lot of kind of like retargeting apps and um, services. Especially one that works really well for us is uh, SMS retargeting, mm-hmm. and then outdoor advertising, billboards, wheat paste, guerrilla marketing. And then we also have our radio team. Um, We have our our own radio team. And so like, you know, they're working records at radio. Radio is still a very large kind of discovery platform for people. Yep. So that definitely helps kind of like bring people into, bring artists into, you know, the general knowledge. And then, you know, in the digital space, doing things on with like a bunch of like the meme pages and and kind of like uh, running those kind of, uh,
0: that kind of content on there. That's cool. So I kind of want to dive into three of these. Maybe first I want to start with meme advertising. I haven't heard of anyone doing that yet on the show. And I want to hear about how you guys think about doing that. And um, like, how are you converting people over to either the merchandise or, you know, the music or whatnot?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really... It's, it's really just more like kind of an awareness, like kind of top of the funnel. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like getting, making sure the content is out there on all these pages that um, are posting kind of like that a lot of people are following. Um, So it's like that. And then uh, TikTok has been also a big, big part of that. Um, So if something catches on TikTok, you know, that's like a huge driver for uh, streaming because then people will go and find the song who knows what will end up <laughs> eventually end up happening with TikTok but yeah. that's been something that's really been cool as well seeing you know like if something goes viral on TikTok and you know that's always that's like not something we can always like we can't control if something goes viral we can help kind of like with the kindling of it you know what i mean but ultimately if it catches it catches if it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. but uh you know the TikTok thing—if something goes viral, we've seen like huge spikes in in uh, the streaming numbers.
0: Do you see any similarities between your videos that are going viral versus the ones that are kind of duds?
1: That's a good question. I mean, a lot of them are kind of on TikTok. It's something that a lot of—if it's anything that some people that people can recreate and kind of like take part in in the trend, mm-hmm. then that's something that will catch. So if it's like you know, either doing some kind of dance or doing some kind of little skit or something like that, then those really kind of take off. Usually those are the ones that we've seen go. And then, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen either. Um, And sometimes it happens on songs that we weren't even thinking about. And all of a sudden we'll see that some song is going viral that we had, like we didn't even know about.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good reminder of why testing and doing more rather than less is so important because we see that with some of our ads that we surface too. Some of like the most random ads that we use will be the best performing ones where the ones that we really thought hard about, like they don't even work that well.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: So the other two areas that I'm interested in hearing about is you, you said SMS was working well for you. What kind of messages are you sending to fans in a way that's not-
1: Intrusive, yeah.
0: Annoying and actually helpful and not intrusive, yeah.
1: It's basically, you know, we're not- we're not being intrusive. Well, hopefully we're not. But uh, I mean, a part of it on the on the commerce side is it's basically like an abandoned cart email. So it, it only works also if the customer inputs their number. So you know if they get all the way to the point where they're filling out the the payment information and put their phone number in, and you know maybe their dog ran off the leash or whatever happened, or you know like they don't complete the purchase, there will be a text that gets sent to them automatically. And um, remind them like, hey, like you left this in your cart and then there'll be like a direct link to their cart. Mm -hmm. And we've seen like astronomical uh, kind of return on investment on that um, where, you know, we'll spend like very little money and get thousands of dollars back.
0: That's yeah, that's great. I haven't because I do get those texts sometimes, but I don't always have the link that just brings me right to my cart.
3: Mm, Yeah.
0: Like that seems like a very great way to make sure it's easy because oftentimes it'll maybe link back to what I was looking at. But then maybe I'm on like a different, you know, I was on desktop before and maybe now I'm on mobile and it's like a very different experience and actually like kind of hard to even purchase or find what I was looking at. Navigate back to where... Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And then we also just kind of like digital marketing, we have kind of like a digital street team per se. So like we'll... We have like a general empire phone number that people can text and they'll kind of get added to the list and then we'll blast out kind of like things that we feel are relevant or big announcements. And then we have artists um, set up as well with that. So a lot of artists have kind of like a phone number and like they can actually, you know, respond, like they can send texts themselves and actually respond to people themselves if they want to, it kind of depends on the level of engagement they want to be committed to, mm-hmm. but it's a good way to, and you can also kind of like geo target that. So if we were in a world where touring was going on, um, you could still like, okay, I'm going to be in where, Seattle next week. So let me send a text message to everyone with a Seattle area code yep. and say like, hey, my show is next week, uh, you know, at the show box, here's the ticket link. So it like helps in that way. And then any kind of new releases, album, merchandise, videos um, can also be communicated through those channels.
0: That seems really smart from a lot of companies and brands going more at the local level right now Mm -hmm. um, and like engaging with your local community. But how are you encouraging people to actually text you and so that you can even have them on the list to begin with? Because that seems like the initial hiccup to even get people to like want to text you in the first place.
1: The acquisition. yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is hinged kind of on the artist and them posting something that says like, hey, you know, like, give me a text, Uh, like shoot me a text and I'll text you back or, you know, there's always some sort of call to action or carrot that's like, you know, I'll text you back or you'll get a sneak peek of new music or a certain percent off of my uh, merchandise store or something like that. So there's always some sort of incentive to sign up for the fan.
0: That's great. So with everything that's happening with the pandemic and events and concerts being canceled, what are you guys doing instead? Because it seems like e-commerce is probably, you know, something that you're leaning even more heavily into. So what have you changed or plan on changing going forward?
1: I mean, we've definitely seen an uptick of, you know, kind of like inbound requests of people wanting to set up e-commerce with us. So just, you know, being one, being able to provide that, that option to people where they might not have kind of the infrastructure on their own to do it um, has been helpful. And then, you know, we're also looking at different ways to partner up with um, kind of like delivery services. So for one of the releases, I'm working on uh, doing something with uh, DoorDash. And so it'll be kind of like a custom facing restaurant. um, And then there'll be a couple merch items that are kind of uh, available through that. And so like, if you order the food, you'll get, you can also order a piece of merchandise and they'll come with your food order.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about that partnership. Like how did that idea come about and how are you convincing restaurants to, you know, also show merch, which maybe could distract someone if they're, you know, like, I'm just trying to order sushi. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah. Oh, now I'm going down a wormhole of like buying a new outfit as well. Like what does that look like?
1: Yeah. 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 So the project I'm doing it on is the whole theme of the album was kind of like restaurant themed. Um, So it kind of made sense. The idea initially, you know, this was, we were kind of talking about it right as the quarantine happened. And, you know, at that time it was like, oh, maybe it'll be done in a month. And so, you know, we were kind of thinking of doing an actual pop-up kind of restaurant, like a physical pop-up at like a restaurant in LA. And then, you know, as time went by and we realized like, this is not going to end in a month, Mm -hmm. you know, we started kind of thinking of other ways we could effectively do the same thing, but, you know, not do it in a physical space where, you know, we would be having people come and gather. So, you know, we have a partnership team, And I believe we have a a connection to DoorDash and a couple other delivery services, Postmates and maybe Uber Eats. And we just kind of reached out to DoorDash and you know presented the idea, and they were into it. Um, So it's still it's still kind of in the final phases right now um, of being launched. But the DoorDash team is um, kind of handling the restaurant end of things. So they're basically going to be partnering with restaurants and. You know, going going to specific restaurants and asking if they can provide a specific menu or menu items, and then within the app, it'll be basically a virtual pop-up. So it'll be in its own restaurant, and people will go be able to order from there. But it's really on the back end, like an actual restaurant, and it was like also a cool way, um, you know, for us to. Try to support some of that because that that sector, the, the restaurant sector just took such a hard hit with the pandemic that, you know, we were kind of like, you know, how can we do this and not and, and also kind of like help that sector of the economy?
0: Yeah, I love the creativity behind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really great. What are other creative campaigns or projects that you've done like that before that either they worked really well and you're like, oh, that's kind of surprising. I, you know, there's just a funny or random idea and it worked well or maybe, one that you set up and you're really betting on and then it just like didn't do anything. Because a lot of the things you're mentioning now when it comes to your marketing and channels you're trying out, you're probably one of the more creative companies we've had on the show that's literally trying a bunch of different things and new things that I've never heard of. So I want to hear a little bit more about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely not afraid to, you know, take a leap and try things. Um, one, One of the cool things that we did last year we put out Snoop Dogg's album, um, I Want to Thank Me. And this was kind of one of those things where we did it, we thought it was awesome, and it we didn't feel like it fully connected. Um, but we basically, our digital team had someone build an augmented reality uh, filter on Snapchat mm-hmm. of the album cover. And so if you scanned on the on the marketing sticker for the album we put the little snapchat like qr code um said like you know scan this code um in snapchat to hear a special message from Snoop Dogg yeah so you you open snapchat you scan it and then you put the album cover in your viewfinder on the phone and then it the album cover comes to life and it was Snoop Dogg he had I forget what award show it was, but he'd given a speech, you know, saying, you know, like when people accept the awards are saying like, yep. I want to thank God, I want to thank my, you know, family, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he got up and said like, I want to thank me because without, you know, kind of like without me, like without my hard work and, yep. you know, every, it, it's like a very endearing speech. Yeah. And that was like fully animated. You could move it in different angles and it would like, you know, it was like kind of 360. Yep. And that was really cool, but I don't feel like that really like virally took off at least but that was like one of the things that was like different and unique that we did right now we're actually um doing a giveaway for one of our artists young Dolph. he is giving away his uh lamborghini and to enter yeah to enter you uh basically buy a merch product that's bundled with the album oh that's great pre-order so yeah that's uh
0: i want a lambo yeah
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Store. Com. I'm
0: gonna go go do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's like uh, that's something that we're we're doing right now that we've never done. Um, that's we're we're kind of testing out. And you know the the first couple of days were really big, and uh, now we're trying to figure out how to keep it going.
0: Have you seen any hesitancy with consumers? With I mean, you've got all you know the stuff with like I'll give you Bitcoin if you do this, and I'll give you you know you'll win a free car if you do this, and it seems like it's a good mix between like spammers and scammy people, and you know fraud, and then like actual real like competitions going on or you know giveaways. Like, how are you balancing that in a way that people you know trust? Like, oh yeah, this person is real, or they're actually going to give away their Lamborghini or whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, that probably there's probably still some skepticism um, on the you know fans end at, at some level at all times, but you know he the artist has posted on his social media. So that always helps, Um, you know, that's helped one drive traffic to the store to, you know, it shows that it's like coming directly from the artist and not just kind of this unknown kind of entity. Mm -hmm. So that, that definitely helps, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, legal language on the, on the site that kind of explains everything. If you like feel so inclined to, to read legalese, but it's all there. I do not.
0: (laughs) I do not. (laughs) Okay. Got it. I guess one last bigger question uh, before we jump into a lightning round is what is your guidance on larger brands being creative like having creative partnerships marketing campaigns like how would you tell another brand to come up with these creative ideas or you know to really get into a mode of experimentation
1: I mean I think there's a couple elements one it's having I think a part of it comes top down um, our founder and CEO Ghazi is like you know he's always been like try it if you if it doesn't work, then move on, like, but try something. So he's, he's always been encouraging of that. Um, so I think if you have that kind of culture in your DNA as a company, then I think that helps. The other thing is, I think, you know, obviously hiring the right talent and having the right kind of minds and skill sets they can kind of like think of and structure and eventually execute these things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we have a lot of, you know, Young creative minds um on on the team, and then some people that are a little bit older um that can help kind of execute things that have you know maybe have a little bit more experience kind of like seeing things through or kind of like yeah just like executing yeah. and then yeah I think the and then the last one I think would probably just be the right infrastructure like if it's if the company is really big it probably you know there's probably a lot of bureaucracy and red tape, you know we are lucky because we are independently owned we're a small company so we can be nimble so we are able to kind of like move and react quickly but yeah i mean i think having the courage i guess to kind of like jump out and try something is probably one of the bigger things
0: yep yeah i completely agree and execution like you mentioned is so key like we earlier you were like oh we just reached out to doordash and just asked them if they wanted to partner like I think a lot of people might have an idea like that and then not just think, let me just email them and, you know, see if they'll want to partner on this, which is just a really good reminder.
1: Yeah, yeah. We are experts at not taking no for answer. Like we'll, <laughs> we'll just like keep trying and, you know, like try to find different ways to get it done.
0: Yeah, yep. I will get you DoorDash. Just yeah, don't going yeah. to keep sending emails. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well, cool. I was thinking now we can move into the lightning round. If you're ready, it's a quick lightning round where I ask you a question and you have a minute or less to answer. Sure. All right. What new up-and-coming artists are you all most excited about right now?
1: Um, we have a lot. I mean, we're growing a lot in the African um, space, so, like we recently opened uh, uh, an outlet in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good music coming out of there. Pataran King is one, uh, Fireboy DML is another. And then I, I also work with an artist uh, to plug a little bit, but with Empire, but uh, Toby Lou is another artist that I'm working with that I'm really excited about.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check out all of those artists. What app or piece of tech are you most enjoying right now?
1: Hmm. I would say standby of Instagram, I guess. that, that, that probably uh, I probably spend the most time on that app, just kind of scrolling through and seeing what's going on.
0: Yep, I agree. I love Instagram. And then the last one, if you were to create a Netflix or Hulu original or documentary, what would it be about?
1: Maybe about us, maybe about Empire. I think that would be an interesting show.
0: <laughs> there you go. If you don't celebrate yourself no one else will so i like that yeah yeah well amen this has been such a fun interview where can people find out more about empire and you
1: You can find out more about empire at our websites uh empi.re no.com no.net just empi.re um slash empire um on mo i think all social channels so instagram twitter etc and then for myself Instagram slash Eamon EAMON.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Up Next in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud and created by the team at mission.org. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.